on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The 1-2. Did he go? They go to first. They say he did. Chad Whitson rings up Lopes from first base and says he went around, and that ends the game. Lopes strikes out, and the Reds win this one 2-1. to The Brewers leave a couple on. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Foley. game to lose. Those are two different things. They're both true when you watch the way this game played out today. Final score, 2-1 to one in 10 innings. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. We are live at American Family Field alongside is a former Brewers pitcher, Jerry Augustine. My name is Matt Pauley. A lot to get to. If you'd like to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776. That's 800-990-3776. For those of you who normally listen to the program on WTMJ and have the text line programmed into your phone, if you text that number today, Greg Matzik and Justin Garcia will see it as they're hosting a Bucks postgame show, and it won't do a whole lot for uh, for you or them. So if you want to get in here, 800-990-3776, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Augie, I, let's start with this. So yesterday the Brewers lose 10-2, and to me that's just kind of the standard baseball game that you lose as the season goes along. This one today is a game that the Brewers had a very legitimate chance of winning. Once again, kind of like it was early on in the season, they don't perform with runners on in scoring position. When it looked like they, you know, they finally got to the Reds bullpen, they don't do much against them. It just, it this feels like a game that they could have, maybe even should have won, and they don't win it today. Yeah, it's a tough one, and you know, you look at the starting pitchers tonight with Anderson and Castillo. You gotta like what those guys did. I think when you look at tonight's ball game, you give those guys all the credit they went out and they pitched very well we talked about Brett Anderson struggling his last several outings what did he need to do come back to the basics go back to what he does well and I'll tell you what very aggressive tonight he's aggressive in the strike zone located all his pitches had a great change up and he commanded the strike zone and you know you, you see what he did he only had two three ball counts and the seven innings that he pitched gave up just a one hit and I thought the location and going back and being strong and he even picked up his tempo a little bit on the mound really made a difference but I'll tell you what as equal Castillo was very good also yeah he was and it's frustrating at times because you look at some of these numbers with Reds pitchers and you look specifically with Castillo he comes into the game with a 6.47 ERA when this season got started you thought about pitchers in the National League Central, and you thought about the best of the best, and we didn't know what Freddie Peralta was going to turn into. So we talked about Brandon Woodruff, and we talked about Corbin Burns. Uh, we talked about Jack Flaherty in St. Louis, and I think we talked about Luis Castillo, probably along with Sonny Gray a little bit too. And for whatever reason, Castillo during the season hasn't put it together, but he looked like the guy that we've seen before when he's at his best today. Yeah, he struggled with location. He'd get behind guys, and he, you know, he's a fa- guy who's got that great fastball, good slider, but his changeup is that pitch and being able to locate it. And I thought tonight he's a little bit more aggressive with his fastball, locating and in, in on the hitters, and that was a lot had to do with his success. Got a lot of strikeouts on the inside part of the plate, but, uh, you know, he threw the ball very well. He was back to a little bit of his old self, and it was interesting. We talked about it last night, how you show the dugout last night and he was kind of sitting by himself and kind of just had the ball in his hand and just you know you you see him 
thinking about how he wants to approach this Brewer ball club because he's pitched against it many times. But tonight it went out there and executed the pitches he had to. But I still can't take away the game that Brett, Brett Anderson pitched. It was aggressive. He had an up-tempo. He located all his pitches. He pitched in and outside. He had that great changeup. And I'll tell you what, you go out there on a the style that he likes to pitch, what do you have to do? You have to have that the other team put the ball in play before you get to 3-1, 2-1, those type of counts. And he wasn't there very much tonight. Pitched a very good ball game. I'll tell you, and we'll talk more about this later, but the one thing that just stands out to me that I'm still frustrated about at this moment was the third strike call on Jackie Bradley Jr. when the bases are loaded. It was clearly a ball. It was about two inches off the plate. Puts it 3-2. At that point, the pitcher is having a really hard time throwing strikes. There's a very, very good chance that ball four is going to be coming up uh, a moment later uh, when earlier in the game, Bradley had actually drawn a walk uh, against him. So there was just a lot of things going. And I'm umpiring is a really hard job, and I understand that. Where I get frustrated is when a missed call has a profound impact on the game, and I would argue that that strike three in the seventh on Bradley was a huge mistake made by an umpire that results, uh, that has an impact on who wins this game. Well, you know, sometimes you get a pitch a little bit on the outside part of plate, off the plate, and that's exactly what Castillo got right there, but you got to take a situation in the game also, Matt. It was later in the game, and you'd look at Castillo, he was up at 100 pitch. Mm-hmm. Kind of emptying that tank. He'd thrown the ball very well. We saw we saw DJ Johnson go out to the mound and talk to him and see if, what he exactly had out there. They left him in the ball game, let him go that that extra couple of hitters. And you get to that stage of game, pitches are important. Pitches can make a difference in the game. And that was a pitch that was really close. Umpire gave it to him, and it, it really had a little impact on the game. Yeah, it did, and it frustrates me. It just you, you miss a call in the fourth inning with nobody on base, whatever. That's baseball, but you you can't. To me, you can't miss those calls, and uh, they did miss that call. All right, if you want to join us, eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six eight hundred nine nine zero three seven seven six. That's where you call or text. You can also uh, tweet into the program if you'd like at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. As the Brewers come up short they lose in 10 innings 2-1 all three runs scoring in the 10th it was scoreless going in to extra innings we're back with more in just a moment this is brewers extra innings this is brewers extra innings with matt Pauley on espn milwaukee anderson has not been in this situation Really at all so far. Here's a bouncer to third, a fair ball, scooped up by Rios, and the throw to first gets Castellanos. Boy, the left side of that infield is doing some work tonight behind Brett Anderson. 2-1. They lose in 10 innings. The Brewers do. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings. We are live at American Family Field. That's former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-3776, or you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Doug texting in says, as I said last night, they can't keep winning with this hitting. The odds catch up. Have to get Colton Wong back. Have to get a first base. 
baseman. Why is it okay that Vogelback plays every day? It's ridiculous. He sits out the good hitters. Speaking of Craig Council, Craig Council sits out the good hitters, but uh, keeps playing the third strike king. Why? Oh, why? I think you're being a little unfair to Vogelback. You look at his numbers, especially since the calendar turned to June. Uh, he's not going to the All-Star game off this, but when you look at a, a team that's really struggling from an offensive standpoint, Vogelback in the month of June is hitting 250. He's got four home runs. He's got six RBIs. He has an on-base at 362. He has an uh, OPS at, at 987. I don't have the rankings of every player uh, in front of me, but that's that's top two, top three on the Brewers in the month of June. I understand the point that you're partially making is guys like Avisayo Garcia and Luis Arias and Christian Yelich are getting days off, and it feels like maybe Daniel Vogelback doesn't get as many days off, but I don't think we should take issue with his production right now. He has done what you need him to do in the month of June. Yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise at first base, making some really good plays also, but you know, you got to look at what he does for the lineup. He hits second in the lineup, and he takes a lot of pitches. He really works the counts, hits the ball all fields and you know I think he's one of the top in all of baseball at taking pitches per at bat Mm -hmm. he's like 4.6 almost 5 pitches per at bat so he gives you that good at bat and he has been swinging the bat better in in the situations that he's put and that's what you want you get that leadoff hitter on or you get what they're doing now with Urias and he's giving you some good at bats but that's all your favorite ESPN Wisconsin content free and everywhere 11 strikeouts in uh, 40 at-bats. I mean, that's not great, but it's not horrible. He's striking out about 25% of the time in the month of June. There's a lot of guys who strike out more than that. Uh, he did take that third strike today, and th- that was that was one where it was a fastball right down the middle, and he was thinking something else was coming, and, and that's probably a pitch he would like to have back. And that's so unusual for him because yeah. he's real. you know, you get him with two strikes. He's, he does strike out uh, on occasion, but he usually puts that ball in play. He puts a bat in play and gives you that good at-bat, and, you know, that's where you... I think you look at at what Dan what Dan Vogelbach has been doing for this ball club is getting up there, getting good at bats, and he really has been playing pretty good first base. And I, part of it is, there, I think there's two things when it comes to him playing every day. First off, playing first base doesn't take it out of you quite as much as it does if you're an outfielder or any, anywhere else on the infield. There's there's not quite as much movement, but also from a from a secondary standpoint, who else is there to start at first base? Yeah, you can. That's right. I guess you can put Daniel Robertson over there if you really, if you really need to. But he's he's not producing. When when Travis Shaw was around, we were seeing him play a little bit in a perfect scenario. Keston Hira would have not been been as poor as he was at the plate. I, I do agree with Doug though. The the Brewers still, even with Vogelback putting up the better numbers in the month of June, the Brewers are still not getting production from your corner infield spots. First and third are spots that you want production. And I can sit here and defend Vogelback all day based off his numbers in June, and they are better, and I think it's worth noting that. But at the same time, if the Brewers have an opportunity to bring somebody in from the outside for either first or third, I think they need to take advantage of that because the production is not coming from those spots. You made a great point there you know when you talk about a ball club you talk about the defense where do you have to be strong in defense and that's up the middle catching uh short second and center field where where are your 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 spots that give you the good at bats the run production is your corner infield and the corner outfielders so that isn't a concern it, it has been a concern with the brewers probably most of the year yeah and it's just going to see how you can how you're going to correct it and everything was hoping that Kesson would come in and do the job and and really never got it under 
under control. Played good first base, played pretty good defense, but offensively just didn't, wasn't able to swing the bat the way they want. And then now with the injury, uh, you have the Travis Shaw. It changes the it changes what the com- the complexion of what this ball club can do. But uh, they have to improve at the corners. There's no question. Six weeks from the trade deadline. It's it's. I don't think it's too early to start talking about those type of things. Now when Colton Wong gets back. Then all of a sudden, you have Luis Arias to play a lot at third. But I also, I don't think it's a coincidence that Arias' numbers seem to be best offensively when he's kind of jumping around. He's the everyday shortstop. His numbers weren't as good offensively. And then Adamas got here, and his numbers really perked up when you would see him at third one day and at second one day. And now it's a little bit different because Colton Wong's not around. I, I would like to... I think Luis Arias is best suited for that utility role on the infield and not being an everyday guy at a single position. I think he's he's more relaxed when he does that. You see the way he's been playing. Now he's been playing short a little bit. I mean, he's been playing a lot of second and a, and a little bit of third uh, from time to time. He's more at ease. You saw the, even the way he plays defense, much more reactive as far as being able to make the solid plays, making good throws, and really doing a nice job in the field. But even at the plate, he gets out there, he battles you. And there's one thing we've seen out of him in the last month and a half is where he, whereas he struggled prior, he gets up there and he gives you a good at-bat. And uh, I tell you, he's helped this Brewer, Brewer Ball Club in a situation where they've needed him to play. We'll dig in on Brett Anderson a little bit. He was really, really good. That's, uh, that's a good sign for him, and that's a good sign for this team that he was able to put together this kind of performance against this very good Reds lineup. We'll discuss that next. The Brewers do fall to Cincinnati in 10 innings today. They have lost the series. They have not lost many uh, divisional series. They lost a divisional series to Pittsburgh early in the year. That's right. Did they? Do they have another divisional I don't think series so. loss? I think they've won every one since then. I'd have to look that. I feel like... Was there a serious loss against St. I know they took a series from St. Louis. I got to look at the schedule. It's all running together, Augie. <laughs> it's all running. Last year, the season was already over by now. That's so right. We're trying to put all these things together. We'll check that uh, during the break and just confirm. But yeah, they don't, they've not lost many series against divisional opponents. They've lost this one, and they'll try to avoid a sweep tomorrow afternoon. We're back at American Family Field with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Down on the inside corner, got him looking. Eugenio Suarez is gone via the strikeout route. Strikeout number five in the game for Brett Anderson. Just to put a bow on what we were discussing a moment ago with this uh, loss today, a series loss to the Reds. It is the third series loss against a divisional opponent this year. They lost an early series against the Pirates. They did have a home loss uh, against the Cardinals. They lost two of three to uh, St. Louis, so they're one and one in series against St. Louis this year. So uh, let's think. Uh, I should have looked this up too. Now I'm just talking off the top of my head. What they're three and zero against the Cubs in series. That's right. They're two and one against the Reds. They're one and one against the Cardinals. One and one against the Pirates. Is that right? Did I? I, I, I think did. that should be pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. I'm not. Looking at anything, Augie, that's just off the top of my head. Well, I think I got that right. You're going to be a lot right. closer than I'm going to be. I'll know that for sure. <laughs> if you want to join us, you can do so by uh, calling or texting. We're on ESPN, 94.5 ESPN today, so the phone numbers are different than when we're on ESPN or on WTMJ. Excuse me. Uh, 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. You can call or you can text. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. 
Augie, I had been concerned recently about Brett Anderson. And I hadn't been concerned about Brett Anderson, about his actual performance, runs being given up, ERA, things like that. He's your fifth starter. He can have a five ERA, and I'm fine. There's a lot of five starters out there who have five ERAs. That's, that's, that doesn't bother me at all. You're never going to hear me calling for him to lose his spot in the rotation simply because he's got a five ERA when you consider where he's at in the rotation. What was concerning me was the three and a third innings pitch, three and two thirds innings pitch, four and a third innings pitched. This is a guy that's got to give you at least five innings every time out. And if there was any question about him being somebody who was going to stay in the rotation, I don't think we're having that conversation quite yet. To me, it was more related back to his ability to pitch just a little bit deeper into games. And it's quite an answer today, playing against one of the best offensive clubs in baseball. He goes seven, gives up just one hit, nine strikeouts, and one walk. This is a pitch-to-contact guy who throws, who gets nine strikeouts today. This was uh, this was eye-opening today from Anderson. Yeah, he threw the ball really well. You know, we talked about it the other night about what does Brett need to do to get back to where he needs to be. And anytime you're struggling, and he said it himself, he's got to, he had to go and find the secret or not so much a secret, but get back to what he does well. And he did that tonight. What does he do? He gets back to the basics. What are your strengths? His strengths are he can, he dominates the outside part of the plate with that good sinking fastball. He has a great changeup, but it's not so much that he dominated that part to play tonight. He used the whole strike zone. He pitched in very well, I thought, but when he needed a good pitch, he had that good changeup and that good sinker away, he still had the nine ground balls with, with, the, uh, with the nine strikeouts. So he really executed his game plan real well. And the one thing that I really liked about him tonight, sometimes pitchers go out there and you, you, get, in the, you get out there and you, you get into a tempo that kind of gets you going and mm-hmm. gets, you in a, gets you in a place where you're really able to dominate, to locate, and, and you feel very comfortable. I thought tonight he had a little bit of an up-tempo. Yeah. He got the ball. He knew what he wanted to do. He had a great game plan. He executed it. But I'll tell you what, I going back to those basics of doing what you do well and execute those pitches are so important. I thought Brett did an outstanding job. So what I'm about to say, I say as a guy who has never played baseball at any sort of major competitive level, and I'm talking to a guy who played at the big league level, so your, uh, your opinion on this will carry a little bit more weight but to me I think when you've got a pitcher on the mound and they look in control and part of looking in control to me is the pace in which you pitch you get that ball back and darn it I'm going to throw again and that's that's what I want to do I want to pitch that's what I'm here to do and I don't want to dilly dally I don't want to come off the mound I don't want to walk around I don't want to shake off signs I don't want to do any of that stuff I want to get the ball back and I want to throw that thing again because I feel really good about what I'm doing and this is my game and I don't know if we always see that from Brett Anderson I thought we saw that today I think what you what happens is when you get in the game when you pit when you warm up in the bullpen it's it's very seldom is it what you bring into the ball game there's always that time when you get you get in the middle of that field and you got to find yourself just a little bit you got to find that comfort level you got to go out and have good things happen early and I you know sometimes you get out there you're just missing with a fastball or just missing with your changeup and then all of a sudden you're you're backing off and you're slowing the game down a little bit tonight it was the exact opposite he was ahead of the game like we said he only had two three ball counts one was a walk the other was a three ball count i believe in the fourth inning it, it took that long before him to get there 
in the past, he would just miss and he'd go deeper in the counts. When a left-hand pitcher like he is, a sinker ball pitcher that gets the ball on the ground and uses the plate, when you pitch up-tempo and you command a strike zone and use all your pitches and and really get ahead of hitters, it makes a total difference. He was not 2-0, 2-1, a lot too. Those are counts that can get, get sinker ball pitchers because you have to elevate the ball in trouble. He wasn't there today. And let's also, hitters aren't comfortable when guys are working fast. That's part of what makes Brent Suter as effective as he is. You know, Brent Suter is a good pitcher, and he brings a very interesting style to pitching, but you can't tell me that part of why he has been as successful as he's been, that he is not helped out by the pace, just simply because he makes batters incredibly uncomfortable. He does, and he locates the ball. A little bit different style pitcher. You know, you see the little lefties are usually sinker ball guys. He's more of a cut fastball up in the zone, and he'll throw the ball in on you, but with Brett Anderson, just he's that old, older style style pitcher that when you see him when he's strong, he's got that good sinking fastball. He's got a change up to match, and he'll pitch on the inside part of the plate with his breaking ball. And he did that. He did an outstanding job. I also thought tonight he used that breaking ball back during the uh, pitch a little bit, coming to a right hander from the outside part in, and he got a lot of strikes down in the zone, kept the ball down, and I thought that was a really good job by him tonight. Two to one, the Brewers fall to the Reds in 10 innings. We'll discuss that 10th inning as things went a little haywire after uh, no runs had scored for the first nine innings. We'll discuss that 10th inning next. We're live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 3-2 coming back. Here it is. Right down the middle, he looked at three. Right down the middle, go by. Didn't offer. Another strikeout for Castillo. And the inning ends with a runner at third. 2-1, Brewers end up losing in 10 innings. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776. When Major League Baseball went with the runner on its second rule for extra innings in a second year, it it makes weird games weirder. And <laughs> this was a weird game today because um, it, it was moving. They played eight innings in essentially two hours, and the Reds didn't do anything offensively. It just it, it didn't play out the way that you would expect it to play out. And then you get into the tenth inning. Brad Boxberger comes in can't throw strikes, ends up driving in a run on a, on a hit-by-pitch, and then another run scores as well. Bottom of the inning, Brewers make a, a little bit of noise. You have the game ending on a check swing call over at first base, and I'm, I'm not sure about that one. That's a really that's a really tough way. You, you've got a situation there where Lopes is at the plate because of a double switch earlier. That was Vogelback's spot. Augie, we talked about it. I didn't love that double switch at the time. I, you know, I didn't like taking Vogel back out of the lineup because he's a guy, you know, a lot of times games like these are won with a home run. So I, I don't love taking guys with pop out of the lineup. To be fair, it was Daniel Robertson who had the RBI single there in the 10th uh, in uh, inning that drove in a run. He was in that spot because of the double switch. So the double switch giveth, the double switch taketh. It gave you the Robertson hit. It took away Vogelback in, uh, in, in that spot. So uh, to, I think to, uh, to 
evaluate the double switch, you got to look at the entire thing and not just the fact that Vogelback was not in that spot. Uh, but just a, a weird 10th inning. I know you were locked in on how many pitches was thrown between all the pitchers who appeared in the innings. Yeah, you, you, go, you go to this type of situation and uh, you look at what it, what it was and Brett uh, Boxberger had thrown 23, and you look at Ombre, 31, and then uh, Garrett came in through four. You had 58 pitches, 32 strikes. But, you know, how, you know, we saw we see innings that are so unique when you were able to score runs with, score runs without getting a hit. And that was just a situation today where Boxberger hit a couple hitters. And I, th- I thought the hit batter to Stevenson where he was ahead of the head in the count, making some pretty good pitches, really was a difference right there because you got a guy like Votto and a good part of their RBI part of their lineup coming up. But uh, just a... A, a, uni- a very different way of scoring runs. Cincinnati won the game on scoring two runs without getting any hits. I um I don't want to be a broken record on this, but it's something that's kind of sticking with me. It's one of those things that just I continue to think about every time the Brewers play an extra inning game. I thought that Drew Rasmussen was most valuable to this team as a guy who could pitch in extra innings because of his ability to strike guys out. And maybe in this scenario, he wouldn't have been in there in that 10th inning because you kind of work your bullpen backwards in, in situations like these, and your highest leverage guy that was still available in the 10th was Boxberger, and whether Rasmussen was around or not, it still would have been Boxberger. And Boxberger can strike guys out, don't get me, don't get me wrong, but uh, that was... That was one area, and I, I, I like that trade. The team is better with Willie Adamas. The team is still going to go acquire other relief pitchers before the season is over. I'm very, very sure of that. But at times, you look at these extra innings, and you need to have guys who can strike people out. The strikeout is worth so much being able to throw strikes and strike guys out. And Brad Boxberger, he has been fantastic this season, and everybody can have a bad day. Boxberger had a bad day today, and it was largely connected to his inability to throw strikes. Well, and that's the one thing with this, with the extra innings when you start with the guy on second base. It, it changes your approach. And, you know, you, Brad Boxberger's thrown the ball outstanding. He's done a, just a, a fantastic job for the ball club, and where he's come and been asked to pitch. But when you get the, you start that inning with that runner on second, you haven't thrown a pitch yet, it changes your, your perspective a little bit. You have that free base, and they give you that opportunity that if you do make a mistake, you walk somebody or whatever happens, you get you have that that guy on base and you still have the double play in order. But it changes your perspective on how you go about pitching. And I think sometimes pitchers get out there and they overthrow and it looked like he was overthrowing a little bit today. Hit a couple hitters and, and then you, you get the power of their order up and you got to face them and you pitch them pretty, a pretty special way and they were able to put a couple runs across the board. Did I call Tim Lopes, Davey Lopes? We got a text message. Oh, I don't know. Did, Did you? I? I didn't mean to. Well... Right last name. Yeah, uh, if I did, apologies to both sets of the uh, Lopes family. So, yes, yeah. uh, Tim, if I said Davey, obviously Tim is what I meant to say. All right, uh, 800-990-3776, that is the uh, phone number. We'll get the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. Those are up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 2-1 pitch, hit him. And Boxberger just does not have his command tonight. That was another changeup. And that's the second changeup he's thrown that's hit a batter. And the Reds take a 1-0 lead. So the Reds have not put the ball in play yet in this 10th inning. 
Yeah, that's how things went there in the 10th inning was scoreless going to the 10th ends up as a 2-1 win for the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome back in. Brewers extra innings continues here on 94.5 ESPN. Brett Anderson, he was really, really good. Seven innings, one hit, nine strikeouts, one walk. Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago and uh, opened up his uh, post-game press conference talking about Anderson's performance. Yeah, I mean, he just he just executed a whole bunch of pitches, and there was a crispness to it. Um, I mean, every, everything was good: curveball, changeup, uh, little cutter. I mean, fat sinker. So it was really a pitching clinic. I mean, he that's that's as good a performance as we've seen this year. Craig at eighty-two From, pitches. I'm sorry. Go ahead. At eighty-two pitches, was he close to getting another inning? Um. I just thought he, it, it, at 82 pitches, he was up seven times. He hasn't been there recently. Um, and so it was just, it was just time, you know, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of debate. There was a little discussion and I thought it was just time. Craig Boxberger's been so, sorry, so cool. I was going to say, uh, Boxberger's been so good this season. What do you, what do you think happened there early in the 10th inning with him? Yeah, I mean, I just he just didn't have a you know a feel for his change up. I thought maybe it was probably the pitch that that eluded him a little bit tonight. Um, you know, and in those situations, it's you know they had good hitters coming up, and uh, he he just what it wasn't like crisp to the first hitter, first couple of hitters really, and um, you know they they got two two guys on base, and you know he, nothing really happened the rest of the inning. But when you start with that man on second, it, obviously the inning is. Um, you know, you got to be pretty perfect to not let anything happen there. So, um, you know, he, he recovered pretty good and got us out of it, but, um, you know, just, just a little bit too much. I was just going to ask about Brett. He said the changeup was really a big difference for him. Um, what, what, what did you see in terms of what was different or how that helped him tonight? Yeah. I mean, it's, it just, the, the changeup is a pitch that just slows hitters down. It, it takes their aggression away. Um, and you know, he, he broke it out early in the game and they were almost, they were over aggressive on it. And so he got a lot of swings and misses on it early. Um, and then as he goes the next time through the lineup, it, it works to slow them down against his sinker. Um, so it's a pitch that, he had this, it were, it was working as well tonight as it has all year for sure. Um, and, it, and it's just another weapon for him. Um, I mean, really, I think it, that's the pitch to me that really helped him get through, gets through the lineup a little more, um, is that change up. Craig, after you see Castillo, the last two times you've seen him, is it hard to believe you know, his overall, he's two and nine with a six plus ERA. I mean, done seem to compute when you watch the way he pitched the last two times against you guys. Yeah. I mean, tonight he was, uh, I mean, he, he was really good tonight. Um, the, the, just didn't feel like we had a lot of pitches to hit. Um, you know, we, we, we drew some walks and, and got some, you know, had, had a couple mini rallies, but I, I never felt like, you know, oh, we should have hit that pitch or, you know, we just didn't have, we didn't have many pitches to hit the, the, We'd work a count to three two, and he'd put a pitch right in the corner. Um, so it's it was a good pitching performance. You know, he's obviously it looks like he's getting a little more dialed in. 
Um, he's a good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher in our division for a while now. Um, yeah, he, he struggled with his command, obviously, early in the season, and it's, it looks like it's getting better for sure. Craig, you think the fact he was sort of on the outside part of the plate a lot of the night gets him that call against Bradley? I don't, I don't know if you saw how far outside. You know, I, d- I, I didn't. I don't know. There was, there was one I heard against Jackie that was not a strike, but um, – yeah, there was there was good pitching tonight, though. I mean, the the pitching was really good all around tonight. But I think that one on Jackie was was a, that was a ball. Jay, you know, after you had your guy on in the tenth, Jay's put that twelve pitch at bat on their guy, and you know he struck out. But I mean, that looked like an at bat that might go either way, and that turned out to be a huge yeah. I mean, it, it's again, I think it. it you know, it helps him and we chose that because I think he got a little tired and we, even though he got ahead of Weichel and Weichel battled back, Weichel battled back too, um, after getting down on the count. But, um, you know, you, you hope that Jace had a great at bat. I mean, he fouled off some tough pitches and unfortunately chased one at the end, but great at bat. And, um, you know, you hope you take a little piece of him in that and maybe do something for your, for your, the next couple of guys coming up. You know, we got him out of there and, and Garrett made a couple of good pitches. That that check swing stuff seems to go either way. You never seem to be able to figure it out. Did would you did you think Lopes went? I mean, it's 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 close enough where I'm not going to complain about that one. I mean, those are those are so hard to to say yes or no. It's it's a judgment. It wasn't it wasn't an obvious one in my opinion. There's manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. If you're just tuning in, the way the game ended, you don't see it happen very often. An appeal down to uh, first base on a check swing. They said he went, uh, that Lopes went. That was strike three, and that ended the game. The Brewers end up falling to Cincinnati by a 2-1 score. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. Tough loss tonight for the Brewers. They lose to the Reds in 10 innings by a 2-1 score. Starting pitching matchup, Brett Anderson for the crew, Luis Castillo for the Reds. With all due respect to both those pitchers, none of us were expecting a 2-1 10-inning game, but that is certainly what we got Saw some very good defense played as well. Top of the second inning, Reds at the plate. There's two outs in the frame. A. Eugenio Suarez standing in. Swing and a bouncer hit to the hole. Adamas backhand long throw. It's going to be in time, and the Reds might take a look at this one. What a play by Willie Adamas. He was on the outfield grass, backhanded play, made a leaping throw, and they are saying it was in time. As good of a play as you're going to see at shortstop, a nice pick as well over at first base by Daniel Volgaback, and we would head to the bottom of the second inning. In the top of the third, Brett Anderson continuing to roll. The only hit he would give up in this game was a one-out single to Kyle Farmer. He was on at second with two outs, and Jonathan India at the plate. One-two pitch, swing and a miss. Struck him out with a changeup. Bunch of changeups from Anderson in that sequence to Jonathan India. And he gives up the one-out single, but a couple of strikeouts. Another zero put up from Brett Anderson here in the top of the third. 
both pitchers were just rolling through. In fact, the Brewers did not have a hit until the fifth inning when Omar Nervaez led off and did this. And then Tom Siebert came in and relieved, swinging a drive in the right center. That's in the gap. Cut off by Castellanos, and Omar Narvaez gives the Brewers their first base hit against Luis Castillo. But he would be eliminated on a double play off the bat of Willie Adamas. It would stay a scoreless game. Brett Anderson back out for the sixth inning, just absolutely rolling. Two outs facing off against Aristides Aquino. And the pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. Down low and away. Another strikeout. Anderson on a roll here tonight. Strikes out a pair. He would put up a zero in the seventh, and that would end his day. All the while, Luis Castillo was doing the exact same thing. But the Brewers start to make a little bit of noise in the bottom of the seventh inning with one out. Avisayo Garcia gets a base hit, then Omar Nervaez a single. So runners on at first and second for Willie Adamas, who reaches on a fielder's choice as uh, Nervaez is out at second. So that puts runners on at the corners. Willie Adamas then steals second. Jace Peterson then walks. The bases are loaded. Jackie Bradley is at the plate, and Castillo's at over 100 pitches, having a hard time throwing strikes, and he got a little bit of help from the guy behind the plate. Two balls, two strikes. Castillo's pitch, and it's a call third strike. Looked outside, Jackie can't believe it. He turns and shakes his head at Tim Timmons. Horrible call by Tim Timmons. Really bad call by Tim Timmons, and that was the best run scoring opportunity for the Brewers as they leave them loaded. And you hate to see a missed call like that because that pitch was clearly on the outside. Devin Williams comes in to pitch in the eighth inning, gives up a hit, but uh, puts up a zero. Brad Brock puts up a zero in the bottom of the eighth inning, so it goes to the ninth, still scoreless. Josh Hader puts up that zero in the top of the ninth. Lucas Sims puts up another zero, bottom of the ninth, and the game goes to the tenth inning. Runner starting on in second, Brad Boxberger, the new pitcher for the Brewers. Nick Castellanos starting the inning at second base. Tyler Stevenson is hit by a pitch, and then Joey Votto walks, so that loads the bases for A. Eugenio Suarez. 2-1 pitch, hit him. And Boxberger just does not have his command tonight. That was another changeup. And that's the second changeup he's thrown that's hit a batter. And the Reds take a one to nothing lead. So the Reds have not put the ball in play yet in this 10th inning. Jesse Winker would then strike out. That would bring up Kyle Farmer. First offering to Farmer. Hit in the air, right field. This is playable for Garcia. Underneath of it makes the catch, tagging, and heading down the line is Stevenson. The throw is up the line, and the Reds lead it 2 to nothing. So the second out recorded, but now the Reds with a 2 nothing lead. Two runs, no hits, no errors, one left on in the top of the 10th inning. And it's a 2 nothing game going to the bottom of the 10th. New pitcher is Heath Hembry, Willie Adamas starting at second base. Jace Peterson strikes out. Jackie Bradley strikes out. So very quickly, there's two outs in the inning, but then Daniel Robertson comes up with a big hit. 3-2 pitch coming, and he hits a little flare into shallow right. Castellanos coming in. It's going to drop in front of him. He misplays it. Adamas will score. Robertson headed to second, and he slides in there safely. 
Yeah, so you got the potential tying run on second because of the fielding error by Castellanos. Next hitter is Luis Arias, and I thought they would just intentionally walk Arias with uh, Tim Lopes on deck. They they faced off against Arias, and it went uh, the count went full, but they did end up walking him, and that ends the day for Hembry. New pitcher into the contest. It is Amir Garrett. He faces off against Tim Lopes, and he gets two strikes on him. Brewers down to their last strike, the one-two. Did he go? They go to first. They say he did. Chad Whitson rings up Lopes from first base and says he went around, and that ends the game. Lopes strikes out, and the Reds win this one 2-1. to one. The Brewers leave a couple on. Yeah, tough way to finish a game, getting the appeal to strike call over at first base, and that's how uh, this one comes to an end. With the win, the Reds go to 34 and 31. The Brewers, they drop to 38 and 29. Winning totals for the Reds two runs, two hits, two errors. They leave four for the Brewers. One run, four hits, no errors. They leave eight. Winning pitcher is uh, Lucas Sims. He goes to four and one. The loss to Brad Boxberger, he's two and two. Garrett picks up his third save of the year. No home runs were hit. The game lasting three hours and 15 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 16,584 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers lose to Cincinnati 2-1, and now they get set for the series finale tomorrow afternoon. We'll preview that. We'll give you some scores from around baseball, and we'll get out of here for the night. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. loss. Brewers fall to Cincinnati. They lose the first two games of the series. They will look to salvage a game coming up tomorrow afternoon. More on that in a moment. Let's go around the National League Central. The Brewers remain in a first place tie in the division. That's because the Cubs, they lose again. They fall in New York to the Mets by a 3-2 score. Alc Mills got the start for the Cubs. Went four and a third, giving up three runs on five hits, six strikeouts, two walks. Javi Baez did set a home run for Chicago in the loss. Cardinals, they defeat the Marlins by a 2-1 score as the Cardinals have taken the first two games in that series. Uh, they're back above 500 at 34 and 33. St. Louis with a walk-off win in the ninth inning. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a walk-off home run. Kwon uh, Kim got the start for the Cardinals. Went six innings coming off the injured list. One run on three hits, six strikeouts, five walks. He does not factor into the decision. And the Pirates, they lose again. What is that, eight straight now for the Pirates? They lose to the Nationals by an 8-1 score. Uh, their starting pitcher, Tyler Anderson, went six, giving up six runs on ten hits. Around the Brewers' minor league system, AAA Nashville, they lose a low-scoring game at Gwinnett, falling by a 2-1. One score, Double A Biloxi. They lose at Rocket City, eight six. High A Wisconsin. They lose at Quad Cities, five three. And uh, the Carolina Mudcats, the one team in the organization to come away with a win today. Uh, they get an eleven two win as they're able to knock off Fayetteville. So the Brewers are set for the series finale against the Reds coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. That's going to be a one ten first 
first pitch. Freddie Peralta set to get the start for the crew. The right-hander is 6-1 and one with a 2.25 ERA. Tyler Malley will get the start for Cincinnati. He is 6-2 and two with a 3.56 ERA. Again, 110 first pitch. That means coverage will begin tomorrow at 1235 back on 620 WTMJ. And then a reminder, Brewers will be back uh, here on 94.5 ESPN coming up on Thursday when the Bucks play uh, their next game against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, when the Bucks are in action, and hopefully they'll be in action for a while. It was a tough loss tonight for the Bucks as well, but hopefully they've got a couple wins left in them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Nonetheless, Brewers looking for a uh, one game in this series tomorrow afternoon, and we'll talk to you again real soon for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings.